0: This spring, the State Department of Environmental Conservation released its first sustainability plan, which identified 70 steps the agency will take that are intended to reduce its carbon footprint, decrease waste generation, protect the environment, and more. To discuss the plan, which covers a five-year period, we're joined by Brendan Woodruff, Sustainability Director for the State DEC. Welcome to the show, Brendan. Thank you very much for having me. Happy to be here. It's our pleasure to have you. So for starters, was DEC mandated in like state law to do something like this? Are you doing it because you're environmental nerds and that's what you do? Are you trying to just set a good example? Or is there some other motivation for crafting a sustainability plan?
1: So we weren't mandated to do this. I think we did it because we wanted to create a comprehensive vision of how we lower the environmental impacts of the agency's operations. So DEC has a long history of ensuring that its operations have as little environmental impact as possible. And this plan really represents the next steps of accelerating that process and thinking it through step by step. So as you mentioned, the plan has 25 goals that we've set for the agency's operations in 70 actions. So we wanted to create a transparent plan here that allows the public and other stakeholders to see exactly how we're going to get to where we need to go.
0: And these goals have been described as ambitious by your press team. So what is it, generally speaking, that makes them ambitious in their nature?
1: A number of these are coming from a combination of sources. So
0: some of these come from the governor's
1: executive order 22 that she signed back in September. Some of them we've set for ourselves. And what makes them ambitious is that we're trying to get out in front and lead by example. That's very important for both the governor and our commissioner. So a number of these include getting 100% renewable electricity use for our operations by 2030, We're looking at a 100% zero-emission light-duty non-emergency fleet by 2035. We're also looking to eliminate the use of single-use plastics in our operations uh, by 2025. And then there's some other ones here that are kind of more high-level. So we're looking at carbon-neutral operations by 2050. We're looking to train all of our staff on sustainability goals and practices by 2030 to make sure that they're bought into the journey with us and that they're working with us on this. And then we're also going to transition to all electric lawn equipment over time as well.
0: Do you have a sense of what the environmental benefit from this sustainability plan would be if it was completely implemented?
1: The biggest thing we're going to do is significantly reduce the climate impacts of our operations. And so if we're at 100 percent renewable electricity use by 2030 and our light duty non-emergency fleet is uh, all electric by 2035, Right there, you've zeroed out our emissions from electricity and from a bulk of our transportation. We're also focusing on electrifying our buildings, so installing heat pumps wherever practicable. In the announcement of the plan, we also announced nine uh, sites that were planning to replace fossil fuel heating infrastructure with heat pumps all the way from Staten Island to the St. Lawrence River, uh, and showing that that technology works in various climates throughout the state. And if we also are electrifying our buildings, we have the 100 percent renewable electricity that's significantly lowering the emissions uh, from our buildings as well. So I think the biggest impact this plan is going to have is that it's going to significantly decarbonize our operations.
0: Well, I guess when I was asking about sort of the environmental impact, I was thinking of the scope of something like this in terms of the overall benefits to New York? Because obviously, the DEC is not a fossil fuel company, but at the same time, you're not one individual. So is this going to have, say, a meaningful impact on the green or carbon footprint for state operations more broadly? Does this represent a significant portion of the state's economy? How should we think of the context of what you're doing in the larger scope of the environment?
1: So DEC does have a a pretty large footprint in a larger state government than just DEC. But what I think where the impact really comes in is the fact that by us leading by example, we're hoping to inspire others to take action as well. We're hoping to show how folks can have a comprehensive vision of lowering the environmental impacts of their operations and how they can put that into practice. And so We're hoping that by leading on this, by getting out in front, we will obviously decarbonize our operations, but the larger impact comes from when we assist others and inspire them to taking the next steps on their journey as well.
0: Of the 70 actions the DEC is planning to take as part of the sustainability plan, which will be potentially the hardest to accomplish, which is the one or two where you were like, hey, Commissioner Segas, I don't know if we can do this, buddy. Maybe we should leave it out of the plan so we can go, you know, 100 percent with our batting average.
1: We tried to make this plan, as you mentioned before, ambitious but achievable. So I think a couple of those that we're going to have our work cut out for us in I think one of them involves employee commuting. Transportation emissions are one where we feel the need to be out in front and set ambitious targets. And so we've set the goal that we are going to decrease the percentage of employees that are commuting alone to a work site in a fossil fuel powered vehicle to under 50% by 2028. We have a long ways to get there. As you can imagine, DEC operates in some very remote places, but we believe that we can achieve that through a combination of increasing the amount of electric vehicles that our employees are driving, making sure they know about the technology, they feel comfortable with it, increasing access to carpooling resources, whether they be uh, matching services, apps, things like that. Uh, we know that a lot more of our employees are living closer to where they work. They're wanting to walk and bike. Uh, we're trying to facilitate that through making sure that there's secure bike parking. And when we do locate new facilities, we're making sure that we take alternative transportation forms into account and that they're readily available. So. I think that's one of the most ambitious ones in the plan. That's also because of the fact that we don't have direct operational control over it, but we are confident that we can hit that.
0: Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about a new sustainability plan released by the State Department of Environmental Conservation. And our guest is Brendan Woodruff, Sustainability Director for the state DEC. And sticking with that idea of elements of the plan that might be heavy lifts to accomplish. One of the aspects is the 100% zero emission, medium and heavy duty fleet by 2040. Do the types of vehicles that we're talking about here that the DEC might utilize, do they exist right now in a cost effective manner? Or will there need to be some technological leaps and bounds and changes in the marketplace for you to accomplish that without breaking the bank?
1: One of the things that we wanted to do with this is to really kind of lead the market. So we want to put a line in the sand and say, when this technology is available, we are going to be purchasing it and we are going to be implementing it. So that sends a signal to companies that, hey, if you start making this, you have a customer, continue the R&D, bring it to market. A number of these vehicles are already starting to come onto the market. You're seeing more and more large trucks utilizing electric power. But there's some technology that we are going to be waiting for and that we are sending that signal to the market to say, create it and we will buy it.
0: Are there low hanging fruit when it comes to the implementation of this plan? Are there things that you think can be done lickety split and without much pain?
1: I think a lot of the stuff that we've done here is stuff that we've already made progress on in the past. So a lot of the low hanging fruit has already been picked, so to speak. That being said, some of this stuff is going to involve taking the time to really kind of formalize it. When you look at the waste section of the plan, we have a lot of actions there that revolve around organics diversion, making sure that we are composting at our offices, making sure that we have plans to reuse materials, including office supplies and other things. And a lot of those, it comes down to just doing the organizing work of getting the programs up and running more than it does pushing the market or looking into technological feasibility.
0: What resources, if any, are, are you putting aside to accomplish this plan? Or is this something that you're looking to do within the general constraints of your regular operating budget?
1: So, this is something that we believe we can do with the resources that we have at hand. Obviously, more resources always help. But for a lot of these projects, we are going to have to make the investments anyway. So when you think about a vehicle, we're going to have to replace a gas vehicle anyway. Now we're replacing it with a vehicle that gives us the benefits of having that fuel price stability in the future. Same thing when we're looking at buildings. If a natural gas boiler dies, you're going to have to replace it. So that's a sunk cost. And then if we're putting in a heat pump, we also get the benefits of the price stability and increased occupant comfort. And so for a lot of these things, we're just going to do what we were doing already, just in the right way going forward.
0: And my ears perked up earlier in the conversation when you used the uh, phrase uh, practicable, uh, essentially a, a wiggle room uh, language in, in, in Albany speak. So how much wiggle room do you have in terms of a- accomplishing these goals? Are, are there things that you feel like that you've created some space for longer timelines, or is this a pretty rigorous plan with tough punishments if you uh, don't meet the goals?
1: So in terms of this plan, most of them are very straightforward goals. There are some instances where uh, there might be health and safety reasons uh, that we're not able to do something, or there might be um, a situation where cost is just, it's beyond what we're able to meet. But for the vast majority of this, these are hard targets. Uh, We've put them out there publicly. Uh, And one of the other things we're going to be doing is building out a dashboard on our website where folks will be able to track our progress on that. And so we're confident at hitting the targets. As I said, there's a couple instances where there might be health and safety considerations because those always do come first. And there always are some situations that you might not intend uh, or you might not have foreseen. And so we want to make sure that in those instances, we are able to be sensitive to that.
0: And finally, this is billed as a five-year sustainability plan running from 2023 to 2028. Do you envision releasing new plans every five years? Will it be on a more frequent rolling basis? What do you think the future could look like there?
1: Yeah, so our plan is to update the plan every five years. And so as we get closer to 2028, we'll be checking our progress, seeing where we're at, seeing where the technology is, and then coming out with an update to the plan then In the interim, we are going to be doing annual reviews of what our progress is, uh, where we're at, where we might need to catch up, where we're ahead, uh, and make sure that we're staying on track. And so, you know, the best place where the public can look into that is going to be on our website once we get that up and running. And in the future, um, you know, the next plan will be coming out in 2028.
0: Well, we've been speaking with Brendan Woodruff. He's the sustainability director for the State Department of Environmental Conservation. Brendan, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it.